0: أَلِهِ وَأَصْحَابِهِ وَمَن تَبِعَهُمْ إِلَىٰ يَوْمِ الدِّينَ I will wait for a couple of people to join, inshallah, to see if they can hear me. Give me a thumbs up, we have somebody who's already joined. Give me a thumbs up if you can hear me, okay, please, inshallah. And uh, we'll take it from there. Um, we'll give people maybe, I don't know, five minutes. We'll get we'll let the timer get to five minutes, inshallah. And then we will uh, we'll rock and roll, as they say. And we'll get into the reading of episode 14 of the series, Layla with Zib. Inshallah. Cool. Who's come to join me, by the way? Send me a message, please, or put me, give, a, give me a thumbs up or something, so that, so that I know you can hear me. And uh, we'll get started. This is a little tick I have, by the way. I find myself just holding those for some reason. I know it's, I know it's stable, but um, this is a little nervous tick that I have. Good. Cool. Okay. We'll wait for some people to join, inshallah. Usually, we have a handful of people, but if not, we'll get into the recording. Uh, for anybody who's watching the um, the uh, you know the replay of this later, um, just skip ahead to minute five, and that's when we'll actually start the proper video. At the moment, we'll just kind of welcome people who are turning up um, to the the live recording of it, and uh, yeah, we'll take it from there. Cool. Um, yeah, there might also be some people from the Sam Martinberg Instagram as well. I'll just live over there talking about. Um, my life in Somalia and stuff Um people said they're gonna come and join, but uh, they might be busy with something else Yes, um, if they're in Somalia, it's later here. Obviously. We're three hours ahead here ahead of the UK Yeah, I look tired. I, I don't feel tired by the way. It looks like I'm, like I'm red around my eyes, but uh, Yeah, and also I will give you a warning I will be sweating as well through this because it is hot here and also i've got hot lights on i might ask you guys at some point can i just turn those off and not see me glowing so much because it is so hot so yeah i will be sweating through this but uh there you go what can we do okay a couple of minutes inshallah we'll get started we'll get started in two minutes yeah two minutes and uh we will get the show on the road three of you here salam alaikum how are you guys this evening Thank you so much for coming to join me. We will do the lesson. The actual lesson from Layla Wazib will only take 20 minutes, maybe something like that. We'll talk through it. I'll read through it one time for you guys, and uh, we'll talk through the word for word of it. And then after that, I'll open the floor to any other questions that you guys have. inshallah. Good. So um, for any of you guys actually who are here, actually that's that's something we should do. Um, let me get the, let me get the link to the book, because we'll need that, because I'm doing this live, I'm not going to have the actual passage up on the screen, um, so you, you guys will need to go and get the book, um, I'll get the link for it, and I'll put it in the description below, inshallah, I'll spend the next two minutes, um, make sure that we do that. Cool. Okay, let's go to your channel, let's go to a previous video, and let's get um, let's get the link that we need, okay, I've got the link, and I will stick it in the, in the section below, okay, thank you for liking the video by the way, the two of you that are here, thank you very much, apparently that's like the, the the most important thing with, with the YouTube algorithms, the most important thing, yeah, is likes on a video, cool, Right, where are we? Live. Let's go to this live video. Okay, I'm gonna put uh, the link in the description. Um, yeah, follow along in the book. In the book here today. Uh, Today we are on page 13. So any of you guys who have the book, go to page 13, please, inshallah. And then that's what we will uh, that's what we'll read from. On page 13. Cool. Okay, if you haven't got the book, you should be able to see it in the description very soon. Um, yeah. Assalamu alaikum, Four of you here now. Alhamdulillah. How are you guys today? I can't see anything in the chat, by the way. Um, I don't know if uh, my phone will deprive me of seeing the chat. Uh, maybe I need to see it on my, uh, on my laptop. If there is one, subhanAllah, it is hot here. I mean, have flies, mosquitoes. We have uh, kana'a. Kana'a in Somalia is uh, mosquitoes. We have bambara. Bambara, I think it's cockroaches. Um, tihsi, uh, flies. Iluwene, they're the big eyes. They're the, they're the, um, the lizards. Good. Okay, where are we? Five minutes in, so let's, let's get the ball rolling, inshallah. Let's get the ball rolling. Okay. Okay, bismillah al rahman al rahim as alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And a very warm well welcome back to episode 14 of this Arabic walkthrough series that we're doing of the Arabic story, Layla with Zib. So, thank you very much for your patience, those of you guys. have been a little while since we did our last episode. Um, yeah, my wife, has I had to go back to the UK very briefly for a medical reason, and uh, I was holding the fort down with my boys by myself. So, uh, that was a distraction from work, but alhamdulillah, we're back to it. And uh, we'll have more videos coming out in the coming month, inshallah. We have more guests lined up for the Arabic in 60 steps podcast and uh yeah we also have some ideas for some shorter videos as well so let's get into it so obviously because this is live I'm not going to be able to put, a, put the passage up on the screen that we usually do so I'll give you guys a second to go into the description of this video and look at the book and go to page 13 for those of you who aren't yet reading Arabic letters, Arabic numbers uh, it's like a 1 like in English and then if you were to get a number 3 turn it sideways like that that's what the, the 3 is so we'll go and we'll find uh, page 13 there will be a picture on page 13 that looks like this that's what page 13 will look like inshallah also, I've just realised my laptop isn't charging, so we're going to make sure that's charging, so uh, it doesn't die on us halfway through. Bismillah. Okay, good. So let's um, let's stick to the usual format that the students usually like. We will stick to uh, reading through the whole passage in the Arabic language, and then we'll do uh, then we'll do a breakdown afterwards of it. So um, so let's go. We're reading from intalqa zibu all the way down to yuqallidu saltaha. So let's have a go. So. انطلق الذئب في الحجرات بحث عن ثياب الجدة العجوزي لبس منها وحاول أن يجعل شكله يقارب شكلها وجعل يتمرن على أن يكون صوته يشبه صوتها أراد أن ينتظر ليلى وأن يستهزئ بها وهو في صورة جدتها ذهب الذئب إلى الباب ووقف خلفه ينتظر حضور ذات الرداء الأحمر لم يرى الجدة ولم يسمع صوتها فتأكد له أنها نائمة في إحدى حجرات المنزل كان الذئب بين حين وحين ينظر من خلف الباب إلى الطريق فلما لمح ليلى آتية على بعد استعد استعد ليلقاها you him and very nice okay so um I think this actually continues in the previous lesson where we learned about how to insult old women uh, because the vib was very aggressive to the uh العجوزة, um to the elderly grandmother where he put her in the cupboard and uh, he told her told her to close her mouth and other other rudenesses so um actually before we go into the word for what i have an announcement actually and this will very much help with me being so hot so this is what i look like now by the way um, i've announced this to some of my other audiences as a little heads up for you guys but this is what i look like now i have short hair like this because uh, my sons had their hair cut yesterday and um yeah, and they were not very happy about it. So I thought I would join them in the journey and I'd have my hair cut very short as well. And it'll be helpful to keep me cooler as well, inshallah. Good. So uh, let's get into it. So امطلقى. امطلقى يعني to go in somewhere. يعني go in. So a he went in. The dhi'abu went in fil-hujurati. We learnt about this term hujurat meaning like the, the back rooms of a house. Al-hujurat um, are the back rooms of a house. نعم. Um there is a sort of the Qur'an called Surah Al Hujurat. Um, yeah, um referring to the, 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 the rooms in a house. Good. So he bahatha. Bahatha means to look for something in this case. It means to look for. But yeah, bahatha'an more specifically. We use an with it. He looked for the, he looked for the, the clothing. Thiyab, um, yeah, is a word for, generically for, for clothing. We, we, in the West, we tend to associate the term thawb and anything like it with like Islamic clothing, but it's not necessarily good. In this case, thiyab really just means malabis. It means clothing. Got the clothing of El Jedda Tilajusi, of the um yeah, of the elderly grandmother. Lebiseminhe, he wore from it. He wore from the fib, right? So he got dressed from the fib. Wahawala and Yajala Shekalahu. How weller herdilfiralon mufidoon jidden. This verb is a very useful verb. Hawala, It means to attempt or to try to do something Not to try as in to taste something Like if you're in a restaurant and you're going to taste something You use the verb jarraba for that I will try it But when you try as in you attempt something We use this verb نَعَمْ Hawala أَنْ He tried to make الفِعَلْ um, min ja'ala, to make something. Not necessarily to make as in build something, um, to make something into something. Just as Allah says, alam na Did we not make the earth a mihad, like a resting place? To make something into something, right? To make something a certain way. So, he what, he tried to make. شكله, his shekel. Your shekel is generally your appearance, right? Like, or it can be a way that you're doing something. Arabs often say Bisheklaam in, in a general way, right? means sort of generally in Arabic. But um your shekel can also mean your appearance. Um if I'm talking like you look like a certain way, shekhlek something, right? Good shakl yani a appearance. So he was he tried to make his appearance يقارب يقارب, it means to be close to. Right, he made his he he tried to make his appearance. We're in the second line now. For those of you following along, good. He tried to make his appearance close to her appearance, right? As in the appearance of the the jeddetilajuzah. Good. Good. So the verb means to practice something. Generally, we use the form three verb marasa to mean um to 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 practice something, but um means to like um. Yeah, to exercise something, to practice something. Good. So he started to practice yakuna soltuhu yushbihu solta He started to make his his voice yushbihu solta her. He started to make his voice yushbihu is from a form four verb actually esbehher. Um, yeah, I means to resemble. Right. He tried to make his voice resemble solta resemble her salt, resemble her voice. Good. Okay, where are we? We are in the next paragraph now, starting with Arada. Arada and yantadhara. Arada ya'ani to want. Arada is maybe the most generic term for wanting something in Arabic. And it's probably the most corrupted word, a most replaced word actually, that we find in di- spoken dialects. Like if you go to Egypt for saying I want, you'll find people say ana aiz. You'll rarely find people say ana uridu. And if you go to Sham, you'll find people say ana biddi. I, I want, rather than Anna uridu, but uh, this is a form four verb as well, and it's hollow. So we go from arada yuridu. but he wanted and intavara. He wanted intavara, yani to wait. Urdu speakers among you will know the term intizar. There's a uh, meaning waiting intizar karke. There's that's in like a some Bollywood movie or whatever that I've heard once. Good intavara, yani to wait. So he wait he awaited Layla. He awaited Layla. What for? وَأَنْ يَسْتَهْزِئَ بِهَا Good. The verb استهزاء means to mock. Um, yeah, to make a joke. But it's a joke at someone's expense. Now, um, Yes. Um, it's different to the Arabic word mizah. مزاح. مزاح is having jokes that are kind of like friendly jokes at no one's expense. Mizah. Yeah, مزاح and استهزاء. They are two different things. The استهزاء is at someone's expense. And um, yeah, in the classes which talk about um, what is halal and what is not um, Istihza is a jahl It is, it is ignorant um, Just as in the passage in Surah Al-Baqarah um, yeah, um, What is it? The conversation between Bani Israel and Musa They say like, are you mocking us? And he says A'udhu billahi an akuna min like, I seek refuge with Allah that I'll be one of the jahileen. Um So from this we know that doing istihza is a, is a jahl there's actually a story that one of my te- one of my previous teachers told me. I, I I can't give a reference for this, but it's a story for us to take a wisdom from. That there was like a qadi in in Iraq, and um and he made a joke to someone who came to ask him a question. And um, the person who was asking the question said لا تجهل said do not do not be ignorant. And the qadi says to him where 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 did you find that al-mizaha is a jahal? Because al-mizaha is not a جهل. There are times. When there were jokes that the Prophet وسلم, he, he laughed at And um, there were lots of jokes Anyway, I digress The wolf wanted to mock her He wanted to kind of make a joke out of her فِي سُورَةِ And he is in the, the picture Or the, the appearance, right? He's in the, the, the surah with a sad Not surah with a scene That means like a surah of the Qur'an But a surah it's kind of, That can be confusing Because they actually have the same plural um, Surah, it means a picture or an image, right? But and a surah with a scene, the plural of plural, which is suar, um means the surah of the Quran. Anyway, so he wanted to mock her by being in the appearance of uh, her grandmother. Very nice. The haba Good. So the zibbu went al bab to the door. Wa and he وقف, وقف يعني he stopped, and he stopped khalfahu. He stopped behind it. The who referring to the bab, right? Good. ذات الرداء الأحمر. He waited for the Hudur. The hudur it means the um, the appearance, right? For her to appear or for her to be present, right? For her to become present. But um, but um, the I mean it, it could have just as easily said وصول ذات الرداء الأحمر. The Wusul as in the arrival, would mean the exact same thing. But hudur is about her kind of turning up. Good and then that al Ahmar is the word that we learnt meaning little red riding hood right literally the ذات, the owner of the rida of the robe Ahmar, the the red the owner of the red robe, lam yara el he did not see lam yara lam meaning didn't yara is from the verb ra'a in the past tense which means to see in the present tense yara he sees but in this case we have yara because after lem, the verb has to be what we call majzum means it's kind of squeezed wa lam yasmaa and he did not hear he did not see and he did not hear saw to her he did not hear her voice good fa taakkada lahu annaha na'imatun taakkada yani to be certain of something mathalan min al mumkin an it's possible for me to say ana mutaakkidun i am certain i am certain Right. Mutaekid Yani certain. Oh Bilax and Alestu Mut I am not certain. Jayid. Um it became certain to him, Lahu, Fatekada Lahu, and na her na'imaton, that she is Na'imah. Mama an Na'imah. Na'imah Minilfira Naemah Na'ima is the fa'il is the one doing the, the sleeping. Na'im. Good. So um he 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 became certain that she's sleeping. Okay, So unless this is at night He could have actually used قَائِل قَائِلَة قَائِلَة He could have said Because she could be having a qailula, In which case we'd say That she is qa'ila. Yes, for sleeping But uh, we've used Na'ima, maybe the, maybe the reason for that Is that the author Wants to keep the language More accessible So we avoid some nuance في إحدى حجرات المنزل, In one of the حجرات المنزل In one of the, the Back rooms Of the منزل كان ذيبو so this expression بين حين وحين It means like to do something sort of every once in a while Right? Heen really means while something's going on Heen is like when or a while something as I say is happening But to do something once in a while كان ذئب the wolf Every once in a while the wolf was min He is ينظروا. He is looking min is looking for behind the bab Good at the, at the road. He's behind the barb, and he's looking at the road uh, from behind the, behind the barb. فَلَمَّا Oh, very nice. فَلَمَّا okay. فَ is a separate word to lemma. فَ is sort of so. Okay, we can nicely translate it as so. We don't need to complicate it more than that. لَمَّا so when. We say lemma when we are kind of saying when something happened. We're accounting something that happened in the past. لَمَّا wasaltu when I arrived, this and that happened. Okay. lemaha. Lamaha to glimpse. When he glimpsed something. So when he glimpsed Layla, ati So when she was coming. Min when she was arriving. When she was coming. Ala Ala means from a distance. Now, بُعد يعني a distance. على بُعد means from a distance. He glimpsed her. Or she glimpsed her coming from a distance. He glimpsed her. So, so when he glimpsed mean the wolf, when so when so when he glimpsed Layla coming from a distance, استعدَّ he prepared. استعدَّ Yani to prepare something. استعدَّ ليَلْقَاهَا he prepared. يَلْقَاهَا he prepared to meet her. He prepared to meet her. her. Very nice, من الأوهما, The actual verb is أوهما Meaning to lure someone He prepared to lure her To lure her Lure her, lure her. أنه جدتها He prepared to lure her That he was her جد That he was her grandmother حين تراها When she sees him في ملابسها In her clothing uh, the author earlier in the text i said at the beginning used the term thiyab uh, i mean the author here, في فيابها, it would really mean the same thing good fi good yuqallidu sawtaha yuqallidu يعني to imitate the term qallada means to imitate something and the mustar from that is taqlid taqlid is actually a, a a um like a shar'i um the term as well meaning to imitate a, a scholar or something if you do taqlid in a particular matter it means you you hear what the sheikh says and you do it because the sheikh says it this is taqlid yeah but it means to imitate right it means to imitate it's imitation um yeah salt to her that he he imitates her salt her voice for salt the voice and it also means the sound You'll sometimes like it can be used for the the sounds of animals or the sound of anything, the sound of um, a microphone or anything at all. Um, Yeah, Arabic uses the same word for voice and for sound. Uses salt for both of them. Sometimes, if you if you speak English with Arabs who are new to learning English, they might say, you know, lower your sound. They might use the word sound. I remember my speaking partner when I was in university in Palestine. My speaking partner. Um, yeah, he, he used to say to me, lower your sound. Yes, he said, lower your sound to me. Very nice. So that is it for today's episode. Um, yeah, I hope you guys have enjoyed it. And also I did give you a warning. I would be sweating today. I'd be hot. I'd be bothered. We need to find a good solution to this because, um, as a lot of you guys know, I live in Somalia now and, um, it's hot here. I've got air conditioning, um, and I've got a fan, but the fan's noisy. The air conditioning—I have it on for brief periods, but I don't trust the—I inter- don't trust the electricity enough yet, because sometimes we have appliances that demand a lot of electricity. Like that, the electricity goes out. It's happened a few times with that, so we're going to get that fixed. But uh, for the meantime, deal with it. You guys have got to deal with sweaty, receding hairline Sam. So presentation value is at an all-time low. But. Uh, you guys are the best viewers in the business, so I'm sure you guys won't be put out by it. Do you have any questions for me, inshallah? Is there anything I can help you guys with? What we'll do is, yes, we've finished that text now. I'm going to put it to the side. And, um, yes, we don't really need that now. I'm going to put it here. I might, I might bring the camera around so you guys are a bit closer to me maybe. Um, yeah, and if you have any questions at all, or you just want to chat about anything, then we can do that for the rest of the time, inshallah. Any questions at all, you can get them ready. And um, yeah, let me bring you round so it's, so I'll have you closer to me. And my, my microphone doesn't need to be um, all the way around there. I'll bring you closer. Let's bring you around. Bismillah. Okay, Bismillah rahman rahim Let's have you guys here. Okay, guys, can you hear me? Okay, I'll put you guys here. Let's move you around like this. There we go. That's more intimate, isn't it? Those of you guys who have liked the video, thank you so much. Those of you guys who have liked the video, apparently that's like YouTube's big metric these days. That's the one that they really care about. They want you to be liking videos. So, Who's here, by the way? Um, I'm going to check the chat, actually, in a second. See if there are any um, questions that, have, um, that I haven't caught up on. Bismillah. There we go. There we go. Okay, bismillah rahman rahim, let's have a look at the chat. See if anybody has said hello to me. Bismillah. Okay, uh, yeah, so we've only had two messages. Assalamu salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, yeah, akhi al-habib. Wa alaykum as wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Uh, wa alaykum salam our dear brothers in uh, Kosovo and Macedonia. May Allah bless you guys. Um, May Allah bless you guys. Wa alaikum as salam walal mohammed ali mohammed fa'anti. i just just that say Somali way of saying as Alaikum. walaikum. So, I have Somali one kuhad layah. Wa alaikum as salam walal mohammed. Okay, guys, who else is here? Who else is here? Come and say hello. We'll hang out for a little bit if you guys have any any questions at all. It can be about anything, actually. If you have questions about the Arabic in 60 Steps program, questions about joining the program, questions about what we do on the program, questions about learning Arabic generally are also fine. Um, yeah, we'll take you from there. Or if you are satisfied, then uh, then I can let you guys get on with your night. Good. I'll hang out for a little bit then. Um, Or we can do something else. Maybe I will fill the gap a little bit and tell you a bit about the plans that we have coming up on the YouTube channel, inshallah. So, um, yeah, so going forward, inshallah, we're planning for three videos a week going forward. I'm not sure if we'll start that this coming week or the following week, but uh, we'll plan to do that. Um, I think uh, Wednesday will be podcast day. Uh, where we'll have um, more longer-form conversations between myself and other Arabic teachers or Arabic students. Sometimes it will be students of mine um, come onto the channel to teach something. Sometimes it will be other people who have learned or are teaching the Arabic language as well to come and teach you guys something. So um, some of the guests that we have lined up, one of them is Simon uh, from Simon Says Squat. Um, He speaks Arabic and he's studying in um, Dubai at the moment. So uh, he's a guest that we have lined up. Um, he also speaks Somali as well actually and sign language as well and obviously Swedish because he's Swedish um, So we've got him lined up. We also have um, at Arabic with cats um, Or sister Yulia. Um, she has an Instagram account. So um, yeah, planning to have her on the channel as well. Um, I'm trying to get um, You know, we're trying to get um, one of my students um, Someone called Matthew because he's a professor of Spanish um and I'd really like to have him on the channel to talk about Arabic. The Arabic and Spanish link a little bit too. So um so yeah we've, we've just had the question. So can we have more informal podcasts too like the freshly grounded style. Yeah, so like that's what we're going to be doing every Wednesday inshallah. One hour long episodes with me and like an Arabic student or another Arabic teacher or something like that. And that's what we'll do on on those days inshallah. But on, on this channel it will be around learning Arabic like it. Um, I would like to do like a more kind of lifestyle and just general Muslim podcast on my San Martin Burr channel. But, you know, people come to my channel to learn Arabic. So I really want to give them that and introduce people to them. But um, I I think a lot of people enjoyed my episode with Habib recently. I don't know if you watched my recent podcast with with, um, Habib from Ehsan, but um, that was really cool. I really enjoyed that. Actually, I think that's like a that's a medium that I I just really enjoy. And um, yeah, I, I like doing that. So I'd like to do more of those. So, Wednesdays, long-form podcast day. Fridays, Arabic walkthroughs like today, like Layla with Vib, and whatever other stories we go through, right? So, like, I plan on that being like a, those being a series, but it, it may not be. Um, we may do just like a new text every day or something like that. There's some poetry that I'd like us to go through and some things like that too on the channel, but, um Yeah. Uh, what's the channel name? So I have a personal channel as well. Oh, you mean Habib, yeah, Habib Ali. But um, he doesn't use his name on his Instagram and stuff. Go on to Instagram, and it's at ihsan.arabic, I believe. Yeah, but if you go onto my channel and go to my most recent podcast episode, you'll see a picture of me and him next to each other. And um, that's that's the most recent episode. Yeah. We talked about loads in that episode. We talked about... um. General flaws in teaching Arabic from from the Arabic teacher community, as well as um, as well as a lot about his journey. Because him and I, him and I, we met at university. I was in my final year of my Arabic degree, and he was in his first year. And um, and we lived in the same building in that first year. That was when we met. And um, him and I, we used to go to the masjid together a lot. And um, yeah, I used to spend a lot of time with him at university and things like that. And um, yeah, I just knew he was a good brother. So, but obviously at the time, neither of us knew that we would go on to. Um, we would go on to create YouTube channels and stuff, but you should go back on era I know that episode, that rerouted podcast, I really enjoyed it. Like the whole vibe in that building and all the brothers who work there and everything, like they've got such a good team. And, um, I met Muhammad Hijab that day as well, actually in, in the era building. Um, cause I stayed afterwards and I got a burger with the brothers there and stuff as well. And, but I really enjoyed that conversation. It was a shame how short it was like really Ben and I, we could have done like a two hour episode, I think. But, um, I really enjoyed that episode. I really enjoyed the in-person ones. I just, I like the vibe of it. Like at at some point in the future, I'd really love to kind of, um, to fly people to my studio here in Somalia. I'd love to do that in the future. Like if, um, if, um, if Faisal wanted to come onto my podcast or whatever, fly him from Dubai here to Somalia to come on the podcast and it'd be a good way for us to kind of show some of the influences a bit more about Somalia and stuff too, would be really cool. But, um, you know, that's something to think about another day. Yeah, Habib is his name. Uh, there's a question about the Arabic in 60 Steps. Um, um, <laughs> okay, we'll co- uh, let me come back to Maui's Mondays in a second. Um, So, Arabic in 60 steps program. What is the structure of this program? Excellent. So, it is a a grammar in use program, essentially. So, although the first lesson starts with how to put words together, second lesson, how to put some other bits onto sentences, and how to build different types of sentences, and we move into past tense verbs and present tense verbs, etc., until we go through all of the main grammar of the Arabic language to a point where we can access Arabic texts in the last, kind of, nine steps. We do, um, you know, some of the texts we go through. Obviously, we do Quran from Mecca and Quran from Medina. We do hadith literature as well as historical texts like, um, like Al Balaveri and, um, travel writings like, um, like Rihlat Ibn Batuta and Rihlat Ibn Jubayr. Um, we go through classical Arabic poetry like, um, we we'll go through some Middle Ages poetry, like the work of Al Mutanabbi, and we do some classical stuff as well, like from Hassan Ibn Thabit, Anhu, who was the Prophet's poet, as well as some modern stuff as well, like um Ahmad Matar and um Nizar Qabbani, some of his poetry as well. So our graduates have read some really iconic Arabic poetry and um, and can access it. Um, but the reason why I call it a grammar in use program is because I want to distinguish it between a grammar as theory program. It's not that. It's not this is the theory of how you build a sentence. It's like these are the the tools and then we practice it. This is how how you'll see it in the Qur'an. This is how you'll see it used in conversation. This is how you'll see it used in all these different ways. So there's lots of translation, lots of producing Arabic as well. Um, Yes, that's what it looks like. Students who join, at the moment they get lifetime access, but that might change. Um, This is what the workbook looks like. This is my one. Um, I send one of these to you in the post. There's no, there's no extra cost to send it to anywhere in the world. We've sent our workbooks all over the Middle East and um, Latin America, Australia, um, Somalia. In fact, we've had some students here in Somalia. We've sent workbooks too. So yeah, we send workbooks to all the students. But um, we've got some changes coming up in the new year. Inshallah, um, we haven't finalised any of those yet. But um, after the new year, I, I don't think we'll be able to do the lifetime access thing anymore. We won't be able to do that. Um, so if the lifetime access thing matters to you, join the program soon, inshallah, at least before the end of the year. Good. Okay. What else did we have? Uh, we had a question about Ma'awis Mondays, actually. Let me um, let me get into that. So, yeah. The, so Ma'awis Mondays is a little show that I used to do on my Sam of Somalia channel. Um, basically, um, yeah, what happened to it? So, um, basically, I moved to, to Somalia and um, I kind of didn't really know how public I should be with that. Um so I just kind of took a step back from the Somali content just for a little while because um although it would be brilliant for like viewers and everything, like if I did like a I'm in Somalia vlog and everything, like that's that's YouTube gold, that is. But um of course your safety has to come first and everything. And whilst like I've I've not seen any issues here in Somalia, like I'm um, I feel safe here. I feel safer here than I ever did in North London. Honestly, like like things like petty crime and stuff are unheard of here. Those aren't problems, but um I don't know it's, it's just when when I'm you know now I'm like I'm new here and stuff I, I don't think it really serves me to be like famous and well known here and like really active in a Somali YouTube channel and stuff I don't, I don't really want people recognizing me and things like that Um maybe at some point inshallah but at the moment there there are just still there's still political issues going on here and I'd rather I'd rather just keep my head down and focus on teaching um you know focus on that sort of stuff and that's all. So I took a step back from the sum of Somalia stuff. That's all. I'm, I'm not saying that's going to be long-term. I'm not saying that's like a long-term decision. But um, for the meantime, while I'm figuring out what my life looks like here in Somalia, um, yeah, that's um, that's where we are. Let me have a look at what else you guys have got for me. Uh, um, okay, good. Alhamdulillah. I'm glad that you enjoyed the, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the fresh Ground or the I-era um, episode. Um, how's Somalia? I love it here. This is my home now. Um... Uh, SQ. Salaam Sam. Wa alaikum hope you're doing well. I'm very well, alhamdulillah. Is it possible for you to make a video where you'll have a full conversation with someone in Arabic fusha, like a podcast episode to see the language in action, taba'an, taba'an. Yeah, we can we can absolutely do that at some point. I'm uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure who with though, um, yeah, but, but we can inshallah. I'm, I would actually like to have my Arabic teacher come onto my podcast at some point. He actually doesn't know that I have a YouTube channel, and stuff like my Arabic teacher. I've been having Arabic lessons with him for a little while, and um, he doesn't know that this is what I do. Like, um, but at some point, I'd like to tell him and then welcome him onto the channel. And him and I have a conversation. Um, him and I, we only speak for how to each other. Like, I don't, I don't know if he, I don't know if he speaks English. Um, he might speak some, but, I, but I'm not sure. Um, yeah, so I'd like to have him on the channel. He'd be a really good person. Um, yeah. But we can, we can absolutely do that, inshallah. I'd also like to start some call-in um, shows. So, like, we've kind of got a schedule that I was just laying out a second ago. About, like, Wednesdays, we're going to do kind of long-form podcasts. Fridays, we can do walkthroughs of Arabic stories. And then Sundays, we'll do, like, a little surprise. It'll be a snippet from a bit of poetry. Maybe we'll do something from the Qur'an. Maybe we'll do some muhadifah. We'll do some conversation. Or maybe we'll learn an ibara. We'll learn a little phrase or something. Like, we'll just do something on a Sunday. It'll be a surprise. But um, so that's kind of, like, f- three videos a week kind of plan. But um, in addition to that, when we get to a stage where we can, um, yeah, I would like to do a live call-in show every week. Like if, you might have seen some YouTubers using our software called Streamyard, where um, people can basically I could just have the Streamyard link in my in my in the description of this video, and then you can just go and click on it and you can join. And like in that, I'm sure there'll be lots of people. Um, who would like to come on and um, just have little conversations with me in Arabic, even if it's, as alaikum, كيف الحال, كيف العائلة, هم جيدون, كيف الأطفال, كيف الصغار, how are the kids, and even if it's like simple stuff like this, it's still very nice for people to listen to. So, um, yeah. Uh, okay, I hope answers the question. Um, is he starting a pod doing that? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what, what, that, what that was referring to. Okay. I mean. Yeah, yeah, I'd really love to do that. I would. Um, I'd also like to give him a platform as well. Like he's, um, he's just a brilliant Arabic teacher, and he's really good to me. Um, he gives me a lot of his time, Mashallah, and I like. Yeah, he's really good to me, and I'd really like to put him on and get him, you know, get him more students if he wants them or um, or whatever he wants out of it it'd be nice for us to do that for him. And I'd, I'd plead with my audience to support him as well, however they can, whether it be following his... Path. I don't think he has any pages on social media or anything, but whatever we could do to, um, you know, to, 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 to give him something, mm-hmm. that would be nice. Naam. Mm-hmm. Naam. al was yes. Syria. But he in Khartoum. Khartoum is Sudan. Yeah, he is uh, Aslan. He's originally in Syria. But uh, he lives in Khartoum. Naam. Yeah, he, uh, he lives in Khartoum in Sudan now. Yes. Yes. Thank you very much, you guys who have liked the video, by the way. We've got more likes than people watching at the moment, which is pretty unusual. Um, if any of you guys are here and haven't liked the video, please do so for me. Um, that's like one of YouTubers' big indicators of where they push a video. Um, have you thought about opening a business in somalia a of young diaspora kids have done it so um uh, yes there's lots of somali diaspora in the autobud Jog. there's uh, uh there's lots of them come back here open businesses cafes and ice cream places or whatever it might be it could be anything right so as i mentioned at the end of um, my episode on freshly grounded I, I mentioned that that is a desire of mine like not not so much as a profit-making venture but i I'd like to just contribute something. Like it, it, it is a contribution in Somalia to even just be living here and spending your money here. Like it is a con- that is a contribution here, you know. But um, I'd I'd like to do something that pays local people. Like uh, let, let me show you some. So show you guys something actually. So recently, I saw an advert for this. Have you seen this soap? Any of you guys who are in like the mana what any manosphere stuff? You've probably been marketed to this. You know, some of this stuff has probably been marketed at you, this, this soap, right? So this is like a men's soap brand from America. They don't have this hand-cut soap. It's all natural and everything. And I bought three samples of these that are all fruit flavors. Because here in Somalia, we have everything that we need to produce soap like this, right? Like, like, on, like in my family, we have someone who grows mangoes and papaya, and so in, in our family, we have like people who grow that stuff, right? And you can, you can make obviously butter from the mango, from, from the mango seeds inside. And, um, you know, we could, we can have so many flavors, even there's, there's so much that grows here in Somalia, like all the fats that you'd need to make soap grow here in Somalia. And it's also like, it's also an industry that would be really good here because like, so natural soap, it has no negative impact on the environment. Right, like perhaps the infrastructure for cleaning water and stuff like that isn't as sophisticated here yet as what it is in some Western countries, for example. So here it's maybe more important to not be using chemicals in your products and stuff like that. So like, if you can have people using like, natural ingredients to create a product like this, and also the profit margins must be massive on things like this. Like, Honestly, these bars, you sell these on their website for £8 a bar right in, in one of my Instagram stories on my personal Instagram recently I was I was roasting them a little bit for some of the things that they sell like I'll show you yeah so these are two bars that I'm using at the moment right this one is a coconut one and this one is a cedar citrus one but this thing they call it a soap saver but it's a bit of wood it's a bit it's a bit of wood right and I only have it because it came with a subscription that's the only reason I have it but they sell that for 16 pounds on their website right like Soap can be big business, right? And it's it's also just a business that is good for the country. So like I, I like that kind of thing. I like I like these kind of win-win-win situations where you can where you can hire local people. Um, you know, like the, the skills that need to go into it aren't like it's not like we'd need people with Western degrees or something to to make soap. Like I've looked into the science of how you make it and stuff like that. And there's even a, there's even like a, an industry here already for making soap. Um, there exists um there is soap that's made from the marrow of camel bones. Here they actually do that here. Um, I don't believe they use that soap on their um, on their skin. They use it for washing, like m- medical um, clothing and stuff like that that doctors use. But um, but anyway, point being, the natural soap is a good industry to have a have a chunk of right? Cause it's high profit and it's also just clean. it's clean and and also it's it's also high profit margin because it's these things are so light and they're so uniform like for shipping them they're small enough to go through a letterbox like it's such a good little business right and um but at the very least what i'm going to start by doing is i'm going to create a little recipe maybe for a mango one or a coconut one because we grow mangoes and coconuts here in somalia um yeah and uh, i might just make some soap with my with my sons it'll be a good little home fun activity for me to, me to do with our sons anyway. Worst case scenario is we end up with some bad soap that we'll just use at home, right? But if it goes well, then I'll be interested in something like that. Another industry that I think would be really good to get into would be coffee. So, like, coffee is a really good industry for your country because it doesn't create conflict with wildlife, generally. Like, um, if you grow like a lot of my family, if you grow papaya, or you grow bananas, or you grow mangoes, like, in some place in Africa, like, Uganda, for example, have an issue with this, where um, you're going to have a problem with your chimpanzees, or your, or your monkeys, or whatever, or, or whatever animals, right? Like, anything, elephants, zebras, they all eat fruit, right? So, so um, if you grow fruit like that, it's, it's inevitably going to create conflict with, with your local wildlife, right? But, like, coffee doesn't have that problem. Chimpanzees don't eat coffee elephants don't eat coffee, right? Like, you, you, don't, you won't find your, your farmers having conflict with the local wildlife. So, like, that's a really good industry, and it's massively lucrative, obviously, because we're all addicted up to our eyeballs in, in coffee. So. And also, like, if you look at the map, the countries that are big on producing coffee, like, Kenya is just massive, In you know, Ethiopia, massive, Uganda, massive in the coffee industry, but Somalia, that has, that has barely any, like, like, Somalia is just not in the game at all, and, um, and it could be. Because it has the climate for, for good coffee. So, yeah, that would be another interesting um, industry to pursue. But um, but at, at the moment, I'm just finding my feet in my new home and I'm doing my thing, running my Arabic language course, um, hoping to um, push the pace a little bit more on the YouTube channel and uh, on the podcast and stuff too. Now they're a little bit more settled, inshallah. And um, those are some things I'd, I'd think about at a later date. Yeah, if, if I can be of use. Yeah. Where are we? Have you ever faced any sort of anxiety? Yeah. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Um, I've done some quite stressful things. Um, yeah. I never like got help with it or anything like that though. Like I, and because of that, I couldn't like compare it to someone else's experience with anxiety, but um yeah, why'd you ask? Like, I, I, I had some anxiety before I moved to Somalia. That was... Yeah, that's quite, that can be quite anxiety-inducing. I'd never been before, never even visited. Um, yeah. Alhamdulillah. Okay, where are we? Mm. Yeah, I, I was I was aware that like lots and lots of soaps because uh, because lots of soaps that aren't made from bone marrow they um they say they, they say they're vegan soaps and stuff don't they but um like these are probably vegan soaps um if you're, like looking at the ingredients there they are vegan soaps but given their their demographic they wouldn't they wouldn't care to market that they're vegan it's probably pro- it's probably products more targeted towards left leaning people and that probably have a higher percentage of women in the demographic that are that would care about a vegan product. The men who buy this probably don't care if it's a vegan product or not. But but they are looking at them. It's all coconut oils, it's all palm oil. Um well, it's not it's not that's not one of the ones that's uh, ethical, is it, palm oil? Um yeah. Yeah, shea butter. Yeah, it's it is vegan. It's a vegan product, but but yeah, I've seen a little documentary about how in Somalia they can make they make um soap out of camel bone marrow. We've got tons of camels here. They're actually more expensive than I thought. People have made jokes in the past about getting like a camel as your mahad. You'd be so lucky. They're expensive. Camels are camels aren't cheap. They're like the price of cars. Like in Somalia they're the price of cars. You know, if you if you want to buy if you want to buy like a a big healthy camel, especially near the time of like Eid, especially Eid al Adha, like you might be able to buy a Toyota here, probably a second-hand one or whatever, for one thousand five hundred dollars, two thousand dollars. Big camel like that will set you back that sort of price. You know, so they ain't cheap. Yeah, obviously, yeah, uh, Ethiopia are killing it with coffee, like, they're, you know. Well, yeah, and then you like, going to coffee shops and stuff, and you see what they're, see what they're, where their coffee's from. It's often from Ethiopia. I think the, I think the real one's always, like, Guatemala for their coffee. The people who are really into it always go for Guatemala. But, yeah, Ethiopia's massive. My industry's massive. Yeah. When I was in Uganda, I noticed there was a big coffee industry there as well, but the locals didn't seem to drink it. The locals seemed to drink tea. But they they had a massive coffee industry there though. Yeah. Here in Somalia it seems harder to get like um like in the UK where you might like go to Costa and have a flat white or a latte or something. It seems harder to find that kind of coffee here. Like you can go to a restaurant and stuff and you can have Cahu Somali and they make it with Aanogel. They they'll make your coffee with, with, with Somali with um with camel milk. Um yeah, camel milk's a funny one, actually. I had tonsillitis a few weeks ago. I was, like, I was really sick, right? So, obviously, everyone brought... I don't Everyone brought um, camel milk for me to drink. So, I found myself chugging camel milk for a few days. Like, here in Mogadishu, they sell it in bags. You can buy, like... They're like little sandwich bags. So they're like bags in the past, when you could have got, like, fish at the fair. You could win, like, a little bag with a goldfish in it. They're like that. Like, you buy... I don't know like the people who brought it I haven't seen it I haven't seen the transaction in in uh, live right but um but the people who brought it for me like it looks like they've just got a bag milked the the cat the camel into the bag and then just given it to you but it has like a it's not just that it's, it's probably been through the process where they put the animal gale into the into the deal and they put the, the coal in it and shake it cuz it taste it tasted obviously like it's had charcoal in it but um but yeah that's, that's what it's like. What else we got? If I missed anything? <laughs> I'm guilty. It's like snickers. I didn't get that. But maybe we could mine out a charcoal thing going on. Um, what have we got? Uh, I'm learning sarf now. Any tips to memorize the way the words change? Um, um, yeah, jahada yujahidu, mathalan. Um, I don't know if you're trying to get me in trouble with that example, but, um, okay, so let me just, um, so to be honest, I don't really see, like, in my teaching of the Arabic language, I don't separate Nahu and Sarf, I don't separate Nahu and Sarf. Um, what I really care about is the is the application of it, generally, so there are lessons that are clearly Sarf, right, there are lessons that are that, but um, yeah, so um, <laughs> it's just the lesson. It's just the word you're using, of course. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't actually, didn't actually mean you're trying to get me into trouble. But um, so, how do you remember them? I mean, what, what, like for the example you gave with verbs specifically. Whenever I deliver a new verb to a student, I'm always giving them. I'm always giving them. I use a different verb. Marasa, I'm always giving them the past, the present, and the mustard. And it's I think it's good practice to memorize them like that. Just to, just to know when you hear another word. Katel like it's always good just to remember remember the 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 mardi the modare the mastar just remember those as like a three because you it gets your brain used to past tense present tense and then once you've got those it's easier to work down from them through like the different conjugations. Um, so I'd say that, but um, I don't know. I, I I like I like my students to have like a go-to example for any verb. Like, like for example, if they know for um, The form, um, let's say the form four, right? If they know how akhraja yukhriju ikhraj works, akhraja yukhriju, they just know akhraja yukhriju. When they come across the verb eslama, they know eslama yuslimu. When they come across the verb أنزل, they know es enzela just just have one go-to example of each kind of verb type in your head, and when you see something that's on the same was you'll know how, it's behave, how it behaves. Because you have like a go-to example in your head. I mean, that's just a, a brief little thing that I'd say that, that I kind of use in in, in in my my work as well. Um, best way to retain vocab: see it applied. So, quite honestly, I don't like vocab lists. They're boring. Like, you know how if you read a book sometimes or if you say a word lots of times again and again, it kind of loses its meaning. Like if we were say, you know, hello, 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 you hear it so many, like it it loses its meaning. It stops being associated with the concept of hello, right? I find vocab lists are a little bit like that. Like when you have flashcards and stuff for individual words. So what I like is rather than vocab lists, I like to have phrase lists. I have a phrase and I, in my language learning, I do loads of self-talk. I like just because I'm quite introverted. Generally, I don't I don't really like go out and have loads of conversations with people. So I'm sitting by myself and I'm, I'm talking by myself, and I'm imagining myself saying a certain thing to a certain person, and I'm imagining really vividly how that would work. And um, there's a lot of kind of cybernetics into that as well. If any of you have read Maxwell Maltz, cybernetics, um, a, a, an idea that he puts forward in that book is that. Our brains can't really distinguish between things that have actually happened and things that you've vividly imagined to have happened. So like so I really train my brain to believe that I'm a fluent speaker of of Urdu and of Spanish and, and Arabic and Somali. Like I really convinced my brain that. Um yeah. So, so and phrases are more conducive to that kind of style of, of, of learning than than vocab. So, so I encourage f- phrase lists rather than vocab lists. And and even that in itself helps you memorize vocab because the more, um, the the more kind of contexts that you see an indiv- individual word in, the the longer term your memory of it will be. If you see the word, um, let's say, sardine, as I've got soap, sardine, right. If you hear, if you if you think about a sentence on how to say your soap, um, astakhdim like I, I use soap every morning, or au ana achtari, ana ana I bought soap in the market, or whatever. You think about all these different kind of ways that you would use soap, um, you'd use the word sabun in a conversation or whatever, then you you build more connections in your brain for it. And I just think it's more applied, so that, that's how I like to expand my vocabulary. Because it's it's entangled, isn't it, with actually how we speak and how we use it? Um, let me have a look. Anything else? Um, could any tips for motivation? Do I believe in motivation? Um. I I don't know if i i don't i don't think about things in those terms really i'm more thinking think of like just what i want in life and if and if an activity aligns with what i want in life then i'll just do it i don't know it's good to train yourself to be able to do things regardless of whether you're motivated or not sometimes you won't be motivated and also sometimes in our head we get things the wrong way around sometimes we think that we need we need emotion before motion but it's the other way around sometimes we think we need to be feeling the emotion of being really interested in something to get us into it but actually i don't but actually see the way around it's actually if you if you start doing something even if you're not motivated you don't have the emotion for it you start the motion for it because you know it aligns with your values and what you want the emotion for it will develop out of it and actually really quickly um yeah that's that's what i find anyway because you won't always be motivated sorry you i'm not i'm not but like, I have a schedule of things that I do every day. Like, there's things that I do every day. But w- without question, right? Like, I, I, I do some lessons in al Madrasatul Umariyya, that's amariyya Abdul Hassan's online Islamic Studies Academy. I do that every day. Right, I do like a, at least half an hour, the very least, right? Of some Islamic Studies in that academy. I read the Qur'an every day. I pursue with my health every day, right? Just, it's just something, something that I do. I always do a little workout every day. Right? it's usually jump rope at the moment. I'm into jump rope, but um, but it could be anything, right? Like, and I'm not. I'm often not motivated. Often I'm not. Like, but you just do it. It's in the calendar. It aligns with your values. You want to be a certain person, so you do it. You know, um, you know. And sometimes I fall in and out of love with these things. Okay, where are we? The word Sabon is in Urdu too. Oh, is it cool? Urdu Urdu is um, giving me some problems, you know. <laughs> yeah, because Urdu has lots of... It has lots of words that are borrowed from Arabic through Persian, right? But it also has lots of, like, false friends. So, for example, in Arabic, the word makan... Makan means a place in Arabic. In Urdu, makan means a house. Or, like, a home it means, a, it means a house. Even, like... um. So, but, And then there are some words that do mean the same thing. So the word wadah in Arabic means clear, right? Vazih in Urdu uh, means clear, means the same thing, right? Yeah, so there are some false friends. Uh, Somali has some as well, actually, yeah. yeah. Na'na in Arabic means mint. You can have tea with na'na. But in Somali, nina or na'na, it means a sweet, right? You buy nina for the kids, right? Yeah, so Somali has lots of those, and uh, Urdu has lots of them as well. Yeah, I actually mentioned one today. If you guys were listening and um, and the um, later with the, we came across the verb intadara, which means to wait, and intizar in Urdu means, means waiting, right? Intizar karke. I know that from a Bollywood film that I over had. Yeah, Meaning intizar karke. Yeah, <laughs> that's the good stuff, yeah. What can we expect in the one to one-to-one sessions? Anything you like? To so a degree, obviously. Uh, yeah, so I offer to students on the Arabic in sixty steps program an option to do like a like a twelve lesson program with me, and we can really design it around however you you wish. Um, yes. Um but we'd have a consultation about that. If you were to enroll on that, then we would have a we'll have a meeting about what exactly you want and I'd make I'd think about if I can deliver it or not. Um, but it's twelve hours of one-on-one time with me, which um, we can we can do as you wish. Um, we can speak Arabic in it only if you wish. can we can we can read some Arabic texts from history. Um, or whatever you like, inshallah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But at the, at the moment, it would also depend on my availability as well. I, I, I could do it at the moment, but um, we're running the intensive programme at the moment. Arabic and 60 Steps Intensive. shower. to the students who are on that programme at the moment. Um, yeah. So I'm fairly busy with those students. But um, I'm going to take another batch of intensive students in March. Inshallah. That'll be our next one. Because my, my current students on the intensive programme will graduate in probably early early January. Um, and then I'll look to take another maybe eight to ten students for an intensive program starting in March. But the, the intensive program is like three or four months, of like four hours a week with me. So it, it's pretty intensive for, for this kind of thing. Uh, okay, where are we? um assalamu alaikum. Uh, how are you finding the al-madrassat al course so my favorite subject is obviously lughah um, but uh, like in, in the course they have like an introduction to seeking knowledge they have a course like that that everybody has to do and then they also then they have like the main topics Aqeedah, um sciences of the quran hadith and lughah is one of them and lughah is of course my favorite yeah i, I love language dearly. I love language as a concept, and Arabic is the the language of languages. So um, yeah, Luga is a, is my thing. Like when I was kind of in my early twenties and stuff, a lot of people, and I, I really had a had had a level of desire to apply to, to Islamic University of Medina, and I kind of um, had a desire to specialise in Arabic because after you finish um, um, after you finish the Ma'had, where you learn the Arabic language, you can specialise for your baccalaureus. Some people do hadith, like Steph Tim Humble, he did hadith, and so did our brother, Ismail Bauman as well. Rahimahullah, um, um, yeah, he's specialised in hadith, and um, yeah. but I, I thought if I went, I would have been among the few people who specialise in al because there aren't many people like in the public space are there, like people in the da'wah and stuff who specialise in and from Medina, but there's lots who do da'wah, there's lots who specialise in da'wah, because I think you can choose between like da'wah, fiqh, hadith, Qur'an, and lughah, I think those are the options, um, yeah, I've come across people who specialised in da'wah, and people who specialised in hadith, but not not so, not so many of the others. What is the difference between classical Arabic and modern? It's all Arabic. I don't know. I don't like to complicate it that much. Like it's the difference is really like choices of vocabulary. Is really that that's all I'd say to most students. It's all Arabic. It's all Arabic. That's what I'd said. I don't like to go into that. You just have fusha you know. Um, How do they look at you <laughs> you being white and British in the masjid in Somalia? So people don't people don't assume I'm English here. Um obviously I walk around with family who are all Somalis and everything and like and like when I go to the masjid and stuff, there's other people who look like me, but they're Syrians and Turks. Like there are people from Syria, people from Yemen and Turks and stuff here. Like in, in Mogadishu, they're used to having foreigners here. Not, not like, there's an area called Halane, which is close to the airport, and there's everybody there. Like there's English people walking about, Italians walking about, like Germans there. Like there's people everywhere. People doing all kinds of business and stuff there. Um, Lots of military, there are like military bases, I think around there as well. So there are Americans and stuff too. But outside of Halane. Um there are like other, but Muslim mostly foreigners right like if you if you go into like centre or whatever you go to Hayat mall or anything you'll see people from India you'll see people from Kenya a lot like um yeah but in in the Masjid people don't usually think that um people don't usually think that I'm English um yeah, people assume that I'm either Syrian or turkish um t- Turkish, mostly near the airport um I remember when I arrived with my wife um yeah, I heard a "Assalamu alaykum from behind me, which is like when you hear Kim you know they're Turkish brothers, Mashallah. "Assalamu Alaikum," "Alaikum Assalam," <laughs> I said back, "Alaikum Assalam." Yeah, but uh, oh, that's funny. Someone said something about the ad ads. <laughs> yeah, so um. So, as well, another thing is that Somalia is, is diverse, as you you rightly say. Um, yeah, even, the, like, people who live in Mogadishu, people who speak fluent Somali and everything, like, they are, they're, they're, they're diverse. You get some Barwanis who are, like, um, obviously, Barawa isn't Mogadishu, obviously, but you have Barwanis here as well, um, who lots of them are lighter-skinned. Um, and then, but people call that Ad'ads, like, Ad'ad isn't a term that I only really encountered it when I moved here, but... Um, yeah, I knew I knew those people as red hamar, red hamar. are like lighter skinned people. Many of my family are actually married to to red hamar, and um, yeah, they're, they're lighter skinned. Like my children, people think that my children are red hamar. And they think that either like my children, that my children, they think that their dad is red hamar or, or Arab or something. Um, but they're, they're quite Somali looking. My children, so it's been fairly easy for them. Yeah. There was one person who suggested to gain vocabulary, repeat it at least 250 times. That includes past, present, a mustache. Would you say this is too much? That sounds really boring. If you've got it in you to do that, then Helen was Helen, you know. But that just sounds so boring to repeat something that many times. I don't know. I don't know. If something doesn't go into my brain after repeating it five times, I think I've got to switch up this. This approach, you know, I need to do something a little bit more sophisticated to, um, to get this into the brain. It's got, there's got to be something better than just repeating it that many times. Like, as I was saying earlier, like, saying something that many times, in, in my experience, takes the meaning away from it completely. Like, just like in any, just when we say a word in English, if we say hello, 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 hello enough times, the word hello just loses its meaning. And I, I find that happens when we're learning vocabulary as well. So I like, I like things to be applied. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, even ethnic Somalis come in a lot of shades. Often in one family, even sometimes you have, sometimes you have one family where like there's like really black dad, like you know mum who's like not quite as dark skin. They have like kids who are, like ones like one's like really pale, <laughs> another one's really black, another one's like one other one's brown, another one's somewhere in between. So sometimes you have that, you know, even my in-laws my in-laws and my wife, Mashallah, she's got a lot of brothers and sisters and like Even though they all look like each other because they've got the same mum and dad like they're you know They're all different skin. (laughs) They're not even all the same skin tone Yeah, even my two sons and my two sons. They're they're, they're not they're not they're not like of the same skin tone. Yunus is much lighter than Yusuf Yeah But Yusuf looks a lot like me it's kind of weird. People look at us and they think Yusuf looks like a Somali version of me, but Yunus looks like an English version of his mum. It's really strange, but yeah, yeah. People like before we had our before we had our first people. A lot of people said to me that um, that like Somali genes, Somali genes aren't strong. Well, so when they have mixed children, they often look like the other the other culture. That hasn't really been our experience, not with Yusuf anyway. Yusuf, he's got he, he looks Somali. Yeah. Yeah, so does Eunice as well. Yeah, even different hair and stuff. Yeah, that's true. Somali families, man. Like, <laughs> I've seen some really funny stuff on TikTok about that. Like, there'll be, like, a Somali, a Somali TikTok or whatever, and they do a TikTok with, like, their siblings and something. And people comment with the emojis of like a really black dude, a really light-skinned dude, like a brown guy with like curly yeah. hair, and like a brown guy with straight hair, and <laughs> all in one family. Yeah, mashallah. Yeah, sweet. But I mean, I don't know, in English families as well, like, uh, m- 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 me, like, m- My, like, hair and beard colour and skin tone and stuff is a lot like my dad. Like, my dad's really dark-haired, dark-bearded, like, tans really easily like I do. You wouldn't believe it, looking at me at the moment, like a a ghost. But, um, yeah. But, um, like, my sister, like, like, blonde. Blonde, blue eyes. My brother, like, sort of, like, brown, gingery hair, ginger beard, my brother's got. Three of them look completely different. Yeah. Yeah, subhanallah, Alhamdulillah. All right, I'll head off. Inshallah, it's late here. Well, late, late for me anyway. We tend, I tend to sleep early here. Um, but honestly, like, if any of you guys are considering moving to to a Muslim majority country, like one of the clo- one of the countries closer to to the equator, something that I love about it here is that the Salah times are a consistent time. Like, honestly, if you're a person who cares about like productivity in your life, like you're in a business or whatever, like I do, and you want a morning routine. Good luck having a long-term morning routine in the UK. Good luck with that, right? Because sometimes you're gonna, you'll have to get up for Fajr at two a.m. Sometimes you to have to be getting up for Fajr at half seven. Sometimes Fajr is going to be at five o'clock in the morning. You'll need to have like a reassessment of your morning routine every month. Almost definitely, that's what you're gonna need to do in the UK. But here in Somalia, it's like four forty here the other end. Um, you know, four four forty here the other end. Like you're praying, you're praying in the message at five or whatever, and you're back home by five past five or ten past five or whatever. You know, you do whatever you want. Like I, that's the time in the morning. I do an hour and a half of madrasa tovaramariya, and I do about an hour and a half of languages. And then I do a workout. My workout's really short in the morning. Um, yeah, that, that, that's what I was doing in the morning. Because my kids and my wife are asleep at that point. So, and then, um, yeah, but by, by the time I, I... I don't like to have coffee straight away in the morning, I find it like dulls how well I receive coffee when I have it like straight away. So I always, I always have coffee when I'm doing my languages, which is like an hour and a half after I've woken up. But anyway, like I have like a good routine and everything because it's, because you can, you actually can have a consistent routine with your timings and everything. Cause the solar times, they just don't change. We don't even change our clocks here. Obviously in the UK and lots of states in the US, you've changed your clocks recently. We don't do that here in Somalia. You know, why would we? We have the, we have the perfect amount of, um, of daylight. Um, okay, um, okay, um, how long do you sleep? So I sleep from 11 until 5 pretty much, or just before, like, you know, quarter, quarter to 11 till quarter to 5, that's, um, that's what I sleep, six hours, then I have a qaylula in the afternoon. Yeah, I, I try to have baklava in the afternoon after dushur. So like you know, half twelve until two. That's like the time that I want to. Sometimes, sometimes I just have it after fajr. Sometimes, right? But if if I if I pray fajr and I'm really tired, and I just want to have a nap I'll have a nap on the sofa. Um, yeah, but then I'll then I'll move my my studies and my workout to the afternoon when I would have slept. It's bad to do that. I'd rather leave it to the afternoon. I prefer to do that, but. If it's worst-case scenario, and I just know I'm not going to be productive, I'm going to be able to focus on studying, then I just sleep. I give myself the sleep, but in total, seven and a half hours. Um, I'm under the impression that humans we typically sleep, we typically sleep in in like 90-minute cycles, more or less, right? And we should more or less get five of them a day, more or less. So I try to aim for that. I try to shoot for that. Like when when I have a nap and stuff, I do it in 90-minute cycles. Yeah. And, I, I, yeah, I don't drink coffee late either. That's another one that I've stopped doing. I've noticed my sleep improved massively because of it. Yeah. Yeah, there's something that Arustad Abdul Rahman Hassan, he, he speaks about every now and again, about the importance of not oversleeping and having good quality sleep and stuff like that. Like the talib al-ilm shouldn't be sleeping 10, 11 hours a day, you know. <laughs> but we're not in need of something like that. We're not in need of that, really. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Okay guys, Jazakumullahu Khairan for coming to join me. Thank you all very much for being part of it. Um, please make dua for my students and uh, for the project in general. And um, yeah, that's it for now. Assalamu salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.